Um, all right, welcome to Van Jammin' episode two, baby. Baby. Um, <laughs> welcome uh, to Terrapin. Today we are going to be uh, discussing the uh, two Terrapin album uh, that was released in 2009. Um, it's the May 28th, 1977 show in Hartford CT. It was recorded at the Ooh. Hartford Civic Center. Um, I'm David Kuhn. Home State. Shout I'm Braden Sunshine. And I'm Alec Maskell. And Alec. So Alec, Alec brought up Home State shout out. We are all three from Connecticut and Hartford is the capital of Connecticut. So we've, we've all yeah. seen a couple of shows there and it's it's kind of cool. Well, I have yet to. You, okay, well, we'll fix that. We got one coming up later this summer. <laughs> Links off screen. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, this was the last show um, of their 26 state tour, their East Coast tour um, of 77. Um, and it was kind of like the last show of the lead up to Terrapin Station, the release of Terrapin Station, hence the name to Terrapin. Um, and um, the main two songs off of this album that are on Terrapin Station, Estimated Profit and Terrapin Station. Um, yeah. And I just also want to give a shout out to uh, Betty Cantor Jackson, who was uh, with the band from the 1960s to the 1980s. Um, she was the uh, recording engineer for pretty much all of their live shows, did a lot of their studio albums too. Um, most notably, she did Cornell, uh, Dead Set, um, and obviously Hartford. Um, phenomenal. She ended up marrying um, Brent, and then when they got divorced, she left the band. She left because she it just got weird, um, which is sad because this is a phenomenally mixed and produced album. Um, oh, sounds yeah. incredible. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, every part is somehow like accentuated. That's oh, yeah. Uh, if you've noticed, we're not sitting in a van today. Uh, we're actually, David and I are in my room in Connecticut and Alec is out in Boston. Uh, so we're doing a bit of social distancing podcasting today, but we will be back in person and doing this for you live. Hopefully next week or the week after that. This isn't what we're normally doing, but we hope you enjoy the content today. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. This is this is fun. With that yeah, being said, list, list down that set list. Man. Yeah, I want to hear it. I'm going to list off the set list. Okay, so set one. Here we go. We got Bertha. Into Good Lovin', Into cool. Sugary. Then it goes Jack Straw, Road Jimmy, New Minglewood Blues, Candyman, Passenger, Brown-Eyed Woman, Promised Land, and then that's the end of set one. Set two, Samson and Delilah, Tennessee Jed, Estimated Prophet, Into Playing in the Band, Into Terrapin Station, Into Drums, Into Not Fade Away, Into Wharf Rat, and then Into Playing in the Band again. Then there's One More Saturday Night, and then encore U.S. Blues, whole show. I could big. not agree with that. With that head nod on the one more Saturday night more. Yeah, it's oh, uh, it's. Let's let's leave that. I but don't I, even have notes on it. If I'm being I real. Even <laughs> other, I was, other than I was that, just like, <laughs> what a show. Oh, it's fun. A great show. Was that fantastic? The, is this the one where they just kind of messed it up at the end? It yeah. just, uh, I don't know if they mess it up. Like, well, what do you mess mean it up, mess it but up? But like, there, there was there was some hits that just did not come together. More like the whole yeah, I thing. I definitely heard that a few times. More like what the whole saying? fucking song. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it just it. it sounded like a mess. I think U.S. Blues was like a sad attempt to kind of like bring it let's, back. Let's like it console just, the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually don't even feel bad about starting at the end of the show. I will just agree. Like no, we, can, we can we can we can leave. get that out of the way. Yeah. No, we can leave those last two songs right here, right now. Like they lost the energy on those. I don't know what the hell well, happened. They played, yeah, they I played know. Those, that entire second set, one into the other, into the other, yeah. into the other. So that might have taken a lot of their steam. And it, the I don't know, but it just—they didn't have a lot of energy or what it was. But yeah, those they didn't bring it. Songs of the tour, though. You know, and that's what they left out on the stage at the end. But other than that aside, would agree with you, Braden, like the whole rest of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, fir that first set is on fire. I mean, almost every single one of those tunes was I like I stopped in the car and turned it up. What this, were your, on this album was really good. Huh? What were your five favorites for this show? I want to pull them up. Or three favorites, whatever. I don't know what you guys want to do. 
Ooh, that's we really do, tough. We do three favorites or five favorites to start. I would say yeah. three favorites and then your favorite two that ran into each other. Because this this set had or this okay. show had a lot okay, of stuff yeah. that one, one into the other. I would say my favorites are I got a soft spot for Candyman for some reason. Um I really liked Promised Land and I really liked Good Lovin' uh but not the transition from birth at a good love and that transition was just kind of sloppy you know it's, it's <laughs> like, funny you say Candyman because i was never a huge fan of Candyman until this album and i kind of yeah and then i listened to it more on this album and i was like there's some very nice moments in this song this I is guess. a this is a i didn't nice like it song. before it's like one of those songs where you kind of listen to it and you're like eh. and then the more you listen to it the more you understand it the more you're like this is this is a pretty exactly. good song i actually really like um Candyman, and I have to say it was the same thing. I mean, I've sat with this album for a little bit longer than just the past week that we listened to it. Um, this is like definitely one of those top shows for me, I think, um, of uh, like ever. I mean, this tour is like undoubtedly probably my favorite tour as of right now that I've listened to for them. Um, I think I think the Spring '77 tour. I can stand by saying that that's my favorite tour. I don't want to say that's my favorite year, but favorite tour. But this, I just was gonna just say real quick that the Candyman, um, same thing. Like when this, when I first got into this album, that song set out. It does. I don't know why too, because if I'm honest, Candyman has never stuck out to me in the same it's way. Kind but on of this a boring album, song, it is. If I'm being real. But on this particular album, I'm sitting in the car, and all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of background music. I got it turned down because I'm on the highway. But as soon as it gets to the chorus, just the way that they sang it on this time round was particularly evocative. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of the specifics as to why the harmonies came together really well. Jerry was doing a lot of forlorn stuff this time, which I, mean, I liked. I'd like to also say. Bobby's, Bobby's rhythm playing on that song too. Yes. But oh my god, Bobby on was on fire. Album. That yeah, amazing. This was a good show for but Bobby. Anyways, sure. let's move on. Let's keep with the three. Yeah, three yeah. favorites. Alec, you can go next if you want. I'm going next. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing what do we do? Three in a transition. I'm gonna say honestly, this this album's tough because there's so many like just awesome versions of these songs if i really had to keep it to three for this album i'm gonna say new minglewood blues um i think it's a really good version actually i'm gonna take that back i apologize i'm gonna say that i really like that song and i think that this is one of the best versions actually but i'm not gonna say that's a favorite on this thing i'm gonna say the sugary to start um sugary is absolutely my Probably my I think that's song. yeah. I, that might be the highlight of that's the, show. the highlight of the show. It was sugary. Just I think it's so good. Every time I mean, when I, I, I was that doing song, the research, that was like mainly what I found about it was everybody just praising the sugary. It's insane. And I agree with it. Yeah, it's it's. A, I mean that opening. I, I I understand your point on the print on the transition, Braden, and we can he get just more hit a chord and was in the other song. And while that's an acceptable way to do it, and like it sounded all right in passing, when you're listening yeah. to it almost to study it, it's like yeah. all right, that it's this song, and now it's this song, and that was the transition, and then deal with it. So I like, eh. sorry, I didn't mean. No, to you're good. Song. The song though, Sugary, was fantastic. Just the way to yeah. get to it was was a little, or was it Bertha into? No, birthday like, good love was I the one I'm talking birthday about. Yeah, good love was a little more like abrupt. That's the one yeah. I'm, I'm referring to. Yeah, nice. I would um, agree with you guys. I think the I I just really like that opening, you know. But um, I, I was going to open say, the show up kicking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where the last show we covered was much more of like a slower start. I yeah. feel like Slow those burn. first few songs were kind of like eh. This one was like. Uh, the Bertha was meh again, but like I still think out of yeah. the gates though they were yeah they were, they I still think it was a really good like opening. I'm gonna say for my three to make it quick. I'm sorry, I know it's too hard to you start and you get into everything. You know, it's you want to bite it all off at once. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say sh my three are sugary. I th honestly I think I think for this show, Tennessee Jed. And not fade away is going to be my number three. I can't disagree with that Tennessee Jed. It was really good this yeah. time. Yeah, it was a great Tennessee Jed. Again, Tennessee Jed doesn't get stuck in my head all that much over the past like two weeks. It's been in my head all the time. 
Yes. That one usually gets stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I love, I love drop one. four flights and crack my spine. I always think about that because what the what the hell's iodine? I'm showing my age here, but, but, but what is iodine? That's a that's a drug. Yes, no, a drug. Um, What's it do? Does it purify water? Does it like I heard it did that in a book one I think time? Iodine is actually an element. I could be wrong. Is it? Iodine. Oh, yeah. No, no. That sounds right. Right. Yeah. It must help with cracked spines, Man. apparently. But We're that line always gets stuck in my head because I'm like, what is he talking about? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I should. Dave, this my fault as the host. I should have. I should have researched. No, but uh, Tennessee Jed was a really good song. After that, so you had a new Manglewood that was retracted. Yeah. A Tennessee Jed, a Sugaree, and what was the other one? Yeah. Not fade away. Not fade away. I, yeah, oh, I see that too. Yeah. And my favorite transition, if we're doing that, still is going to be that that. I mean, it's it's not even a couple songs that playing in the band all the way through until they finish with playing in the band. That's just one flow. That that was yeah, ridiculous. That was, that was gonna be mine uh, as well. Specifically, Sorry. Terrapin Station <laughs> into drums into Not Fade Away. That one's really good. Those are your three Which, favorites, like, too? Yeah. I mean, those, that's no, that's my favorite, like, transition. Okay. okay. Um, My favorite, like, my three favorite songs mm. are going to be, which I was surprised nobody mentioned this, Go. but Brown-Eyed Woman, um, Not Fade Away, and then um, I think The Sugary. Yeah. Were my three favorites. On the the brown eyed woman is really good, but my thing with it on it on might be my your, favorite brown eyed woman. You're kidding! Really? I'm not even joking. I'm really? not even joking, and I feel like I'm gonna say that every show. No, I, <laughs> this one's my favorite. <laughs> brown like, this is my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even. Uh, <laughs> say this every time, you fucking idiot. <laughs> well, I will say, I think for me, I always go back. For this tour again, like brown, I like this brown eyed women, but it pales in comparison to the Cornell one and frankly That's, to the yeah. Buffalo show the night after Cornell. Oh, see, I haven't listened to the Buffalo. Cornell yeah. was good. I like the Cornell one, but there was something I don't know. Maybe maybe it is just like that. This one's fresh, and I've just been listening to this one so much. So I think that does influence me a lot. But I think it was a really good one, but I don't think it's like. I loved it, but it's not the the kind of uh, brown eyed woman that that's like stops me in my tracks in the same way. Yeah. Well, that sounds weird because the title so, of the song is weird. See, okay. That's what it. <laughs> anyway, no. The point is like there's a bunch of other versions me, that are really, really good. Is it like it is? What about literally it does the that? first? All right. I don't know if you guys saw our Instagram story the other day when I posted the bump bump bump, but the first like bump 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 like oh gotcha gotcha oh man the first bump 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 had me and i'm just hooked for the rest of the song okay. like it's such a clean and such like i don't know i no, it's I'm so hard to that. explain it but i'll just read i guess what i have written down for that is like literally the first bump 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 <laughs> draws you in and sends shivers down your spine which it does every time every time i listen to it i'm like that was the song of this show that i was just humming and like singing, the I can't argue week. with that reasoning. That's that's very strong reasoning. If it's evocative in that sense, then yeah. But I mean, that's that's the thing. The Grateful Dead hits everybody's, you know, everybody's nerve endings a little bit differently, but they always hit it the right way. Yeah. So like, if this isn't our favorite Brown Eyed Women, it's yours because they did it. They still had that energy. They still had that passion and, and flair, even way. if they did it differently. Yeah. Just All for right. listeners, um, that that is. That is scientific terminology right there. Bump, bump, bump. That is... Bump, bump, bump. bump, bump is, is we only use technical terms. <laughs> only technical on terms. The band band on my Hartford School of Music. Uh, hey, not at all yeah. of that yet. I got to finish senior year still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, all I right. say, the one that surprised me, I was expecting to hear someone, uh, mostly Braden, actually, because I know it's like one of your favorites. I was expecting for you to say the Terrapin Station is one of your three favorites. You know, I, I was going to bring that up. This Terrapin was a little... It was really good. It was really, really good, but they missed the last bits, and that just mm. kind of... But I didn't I didn't know the historical context of it was before the release. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I really did like this Terrapin. It was really good. I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. 
they they, they just missed yeah. the whole second bit when they went into drums. And I I, I get it. I like it. But um, it would always kind of leave me hanging. I thought they'd come back after drums mm-hmm. because yeah. I, you know. And they don't. They just kind of they just go into. They like else. it's like they they go somewhere and you think you know and with everything else the they always come there. back. But yeah. they just were like, nah, we're fuck that shit. We're not coming back. Which kind of confused me. But but the way they got to that point where they just left it at a cliffhanger was was fucking, it was amazing. I mean, they're, it's the Grateful Dead. They're, they're going to be awesome, but Jerry was ripping. He was doing yeah. some interesting things. Yeah. I don't. Alright, so oh, do you want to go? No, 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 go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say I wanted to talk a little bit um, about the sound stage of like mm. the album, which is obviously, I mean, you I don't know. So I don't know. I haven't seen any like videos of this album. So I don't know if this is how they were set up on stage. But the way you can hear it in the mix is Braden. I have a little graphic for you here. Alec, you can't, you won't be able to see this. I'm sorry. This graphic, this um, scientific. So so basically, you have, you have Phil, Jerry, and Donna all in the middle. Donna slightly off to the right, I think. Either slightly off to the right or to the left. It was a little hard to tell. Sometimes it seemed like maybe she moved around. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith off to the left. Bill off to the left, but behind Keith. Well, sometimes behind it. It's a little weird, depending on how hard he was hitting. Um, and then uh, Mickey and Bobby off to the right as well. And I, I just sorry. You know, just wanted to ahead. say for our listeners who like might not know, um, you're, I mean, you could do a more eloquent explanation, but basically what you're describing is how the mix has the players like set up positionally. Yeah. Like if you, so on, when you listen to albums and stuff on like crappy earbuds, like the ones you just get from Apple, you're not really going to hear the sound staging, but if you listen to it on better headphones, um, World you can, up. yeah, it's a, it's amazing. I like, cannot, like, like, I cannot stress or recommend highly enough that you <laughs> should listen to all albums on great headphones or speakers, and sit in the middle of the speakers. You can't sit like away from oh, the speakers because oh, yes. you, you can pinpoint exactly where every single instrument. And every sound is coming from, and it's and it's an incredible experience, and it just adds that extra depth of immersion, and like, it adds spatial just, awareness to something that yes. is generally a two D medium in, yes. in a sense. It, it like say take for example, you got a set of headphones on, right? Mm-hmm. You got a left and a right channel, and sometimes you know if you're listening to popular music, they'll play with this every once in a while where they kind of pan things back and forth, and you'll be like, as a listener, oh my god, that's yeah. crazy, I'm so confused, what happened? But when you have a more advanced setup with a, you know, a larger scale band, they're not going to sit there and play games with your ears on crappy headphones. What they're going to do is they're going to put somebody up to the left in front of you to the left and to the, to the left of you to the left and then behind you to the left. And then somebody else is going to be directly behind you where you are and in front of you. And then on the right, same deal. So everybody's got spatial awareness. It's like you're sitting in the center of a symphony and it's uncanny how accurately they can recreate and represent how it actually sounded live. And when you've got a talented artist at the board, like David is talking about, you can have somebody who paints this picture immaculately with the gear Betty that they Cantor ha- Jackson. Yeah, Betty Cantor Jackson with the gear they had available in that time period. That's art. She did an incredible job. She's an artist. She's oh, she's <laughs> an incre- it's an incredibly mixed live album. The so Betty if you boards. get the chance, get a set of nice and headphones and listen to it. It's yeah. really good. I mean, the the dead were always at the head of like. That's true, and they made they built their own equipment and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like Jerry was was leading with the MIDI stuff. Yeah. Well, the other thing I think and too like is, that. I know for me with like directional, like when you when you're really listening to music where you can pick up on the sound stage. Um, I know for me, one of the first like forums or like. Um, technologies, I guess, or mediums that I experienced that through is vinyl. And I know that for me, one of the uh, like absolute favorites of mine on vinyl is jazz. Like jazz, you can really hear the sound stage and the dead are, you know, they're so influenced by jazz. They really do set up in that capacity and take influence, you know? Well, another big like connection between jazz and the dead is a huge part is that you don't have any one instrument outweighing another. Yes. And that each instrument kind of 
has its own place and you can hear each instrument clearly. And it's not like one in the centerpiece with like generally popular music, you hear like the vocals or maybe the guitar, like that's the centerpiece. And yeah, Jerry's guitar and like his vocals obviously are in the center. Yeah. But it's not overpowering the other instruments. You can still like, if you, if you're listening for it and you're like, I want to hear the piano and you try to like key into that, you can easily hear it. It's yeah. not like you have to search for it, you know? I was so going to say that's that... very similar to jazz, which yeah. jazz will do that a lot, too. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... I mean to no, you're good. In. Um, I just wanted to say that, yeah, you had mentioned that last show about the sound, you know, how everything is spaced out. And I noticed it a lot more with this show because I think you even used this term last in our first episode. It is so well-rounded and I'm getting a little bit even beyond Betty's mixing up for this show, but um, the, there's something just about, I think, I think in 77, there's something about the technology and what they were doing and how they were as players in inspiration and all the other, you know, elements, the, the songs that they had in their repertoire at that point. And also where the technology was with like pedals and amps. And at that point, you know, you have Jerry on certain custom guitars and Phil is on the, the big, and uh, I forget like the term, I forget the, the brand name, but the big bass that he built. And, you know, there's something about their tone that year and on this tour that I really think they just, they just got perfect. And it makes it such a well-rounded sound. It just yeah. everyone fills their spot perfectly and can really go in between. Like Phil sounds like he's going in between everybody this whole show, which is a huge step from the last show we listened to where I couldn't even hear Phil. You could barely you know? hear him. And that was another part of like, I when you said like 80s is more pop to you, I think a big reason of that is also like guitar, piano are overpower and vocals are overpowering all the other instruments. Um, so you think they mixed it differently and it, it gives I a different I vibe. I think that's part of it, but I also think it's their... Because I, I, the Grateful Dead seem to be very controlling about their tone. Mm. So I think it's partially... the It's it's the members. It's not the mixer's fault necessarily, I guess. If you want to say it's like anybody's Blame fault. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's I think it's more that like the Grateful Dead were choosing their tone and they knew what they were doing. They wanted this specific tone for that, whatever they were doing. And I think with the eighties, the reason you said it's like more pop is just because the guitar and piano and vocals were overpowering the bass. And the bass is much more of just like something you feel and kind of know it's there, but you're not able to be like, Oh shit, there's a dope ass. There like, goes Phil. Yeah. There's like a dope ass Phil from Phil. Yep. <laughs> so, which like you hear more of in this, in this show. I, I was thinking of like a metaphor rather than a, a a race of sorts where people are trying to get in front of each other for solo supremacy or to you know get their moment in the spotlight. It's like a six lane highway and everybody's just cruising at the same pace. Maybe Jerry's making a bit of a point in an arrow, but that's it. Everybody's going towards the same goal at the same speed in the same yeah. way. And uh, some people like do wheelies. Some people do whatever. It's it's great, but that show has a sense of community and continuity on stage. And in the way that it's recorded, in the way that it, it comes across listening again, you can feel that community and continuity on stage. Because yeah. it, and that, that might be what's lacking in some later things where it's more pop-oriented, if you want to call it that, because that, that sense Which of... Which isn't bad. No, it's I not just, bad. It's just different. That. It's just a different yeah. thing uh, than, than what they used to do. Yeah. It's still the dead and it's still great. Yeah. But it is, is different. I yeah. like this show because they all seem to be on the same page at the same time, though. And that's sometimes when you got a bunch of members who are very tired doing this all the time, sometimes on substances and stuff. Sometimes you're not on every every single well, person's on I the same say, page. Donna seemed to be on less substances this show. Or She's something. Doing all right. Or maybe Donna, more, but just a different substance. Oh, doing yeah. Good. This might be one of Donna's best. Donna's, Donna's it, yeah. I like. I don't think there was a moment where I was like, Jesus, Donna. <laughs> like, yeah. And every that normally, time it was that like, normally happens. Yeah. She was like a nice addition. And yes. there was a moment, I'm not going to lie, there was a moment where I was like, 
Donna should just take over singing this song. <laughs> and I know that's like, that's, wow. that's like what heresy. That's a bold move there. What is happening? We have a, but, we have a best brown eyed woman. And I know, I'm and off. I know, dude, I'm just logging off. I'm the controversial. Dude, man. next that's, thing you say, I'll take the hits. Next thing you say is like, Phil's got to sing lead on most of the songs. <laughs> No, but I don't remember which song it was. Maybe I have it written down in my notes. Maybe I don't. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I, I there was a point where Donna was great on the show. Yeah, she really she pulled it out. Honestly, all of them were really on point. And I want to go back to Bobby. I I have to get back to Bobby. He was yes. just so well, good this show. Like, and even so, like, I, let's, I, you first. I just wanted to say, <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah. I do think we can get into more of it. But let's um let's start to get into the songs in depth wanna, a little oh, bit more. Because right. I think we've almost throw, hit 30 minutes. I just want to throw one quick thing, though, on Braden's final point, And we'll get back to this later. I agree. Oh, hit it. But I just wanted to say to your communal point, um, mm. the drums are obviously, we got to talk about them. Like, not the song, but the drummers on this. But there is a real sense of, like, community, unity, and, like, just togetherness with the two of them on this show. This was one of those games where at times I was kind of confused that they had two drummers. I know. Yeah. But because they were doing everything perfect. Like, you heard heard both of them better than you normally would in other recordings. But the fact that they were playing so complimentary to to each other. Like, at one point, they were, like, trading off, like, snare hits. Yes. Like... Bill would hit hit a snare, and then Mickey would be like, just play. It was dope. It was sick. Yeah. It was such um, good drumming. They had to, I actually think they had to tone it down because it was so fast. They were, they were cold. Oh, I was sad that they toned it down. Like, I heard them tone it down. It and got I was slower. Sad. Yeah. They, I was okay, really sad. So this did. show, that was the other thing, this listen that I realized is that this show is fast. It's fast. The show is fast, even, fast. Even the songs that are long, the the drumming really like they're just they're just yeah. It was it was crazy, and and he's doing some stuff at the end, uh, especially on like not fade away with like sixteenth notes and like I think even like thirty second notes. Like, he's really going fast with like this the the hi hat and. Uh, and the drummers kind of set the pace for. I mean, they always set the pace, but yeah. this show was fast, and and it was because no, they, they wanted kept it to be it, fast. Yeah, they kept, they kept it, it rolling fast. too. Yeah. It was never like, yeah, like they had a groove, and the groove never felt like it was like dr- like dragging yeah. or like it was like a slower like it was. And no one even it, was even ever when like it a, was a slower groove, it was just it felt like it kept propelling forward. You know? Yeah, totally agree. Go, go ahead with the songs. Yeah, though, Dave. All right, so let's begin. With the songs in depth, but Bertha. So I'm just, Bertha. I guess I'll like kind of just read off my thoughts. You guys can put your thoughts and we'll move on to the next song. You want to kind of play it that way or? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so Bertha, good Bertha. I liked it. I, am <laughs> I thought it was a good, a good Bertha. Bertha. And it wasn't like, I think it was better than the one last week on wake up to find out yes agreed can we agree on that yeah agreed um this was immediately right out of the gate i noticed mickey's drumming Mm -hmm. and i was like that's he he's doing some crazy stuff um and i but at the same time while there was feedback which was another problem throughout the show but it's also a problem on most dead shows so i can't really like also is this the era of the wall of sound or am i mistaken Post I think this wall was sound. Was it, it wall of sound? No, it's after. Because I was gonna say, sound, I, th- I thought it was right after wall of sound. Yeah. I take it back. I was gonna say because that's a hell of a hard thing to keep feedback from happening. Yeah. No, the they were sound, actually honestly the wall of sound. It was they were really good. They built like keeping. special microphones. Yeah. Well, yeah so they out. had they had two microphones, and like one microphone was to cancel out the feedback, and the other microphone was to obviously was to like amplify it. it. Yeah. That's so just the coolest I, thing to think yeah. about. Back oh, it, it's awesome. It, the, I love the wall of sound so much. That's just so such a, cool. that, what do you do when you give a bunch of 20-somethings who are on drugs all the time and love music a bunch of money and a big wide open field? What are they going to the do? Biggest, They're going to build the a skyscraper in speakers. The biggest sound system of all time. The greatest yeah. sound system of all time, man. That's nuts. Yeah. 
And it's it's not like they just threw together a bunch of speakers. They meticulously crafted this thing. Yeah. Anyway. Oh no, the guy behind it is a fucking genius. We all digress. Anyways, back to Bertha. So back to Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god. So okay, here's yeah. what it is. Uh, it's a laid back opening of for what's to come. Like because yeah. I feel like Bertha was kind of like eh, good love, and it, it immediately kicks off and like oh we're into the show now, yes. you know. But like Bertha Bobby, was like kind of like the opener really yeah. it really was the opener and good good love and bobby um is really i honestly i'm good with your birth like i don't have anything else to say it's a good energetic opener that's it yeah um the um, good loving i think bobby's singing is really pretty like good i i like the version but honestly the good loving's also kind of like uh get you into the show for me um but it's a good, it's a good version. I, I'll give it that. It's a solid. Ooh, see. Oh. I mean, we'll get into that. No, we'll get into that. Let's finish. Ooh. I gotta finish. I have a few more thoughts on the Bertha. Okay. And we'll go into the good loving. All right. Um, we're gonna just edit all that out then. <laughs> you go. <laughs> no, that's, that's don't worry. Perfect. We'll take hey. it in post. It's all right. <laughs> um. I, I just wanted to, I just, one more ad addition, um, not a ton. I like, there were not a ton of moments where I was like, damn Jerry, yeah. it was, you know, it was kind of like a laid back Jerry. See, I think we're going to have some disagreements okay, about okay, Jerry okay, on this show, but, um, um, there's a part towards the end. This was a big moment where I, I was like, there's a part towards the end where Mickey does his dope, like snare roll. Yeah. And then immediately Keith answers with an arpeggiation of the chords. It was, um, oh, it was it was during the chorus, and it was like uh, the second half of the chorus. It was like better, 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 better. That was what Keith did. He did this arpeggiation of the chorus, and it was so good, and it was incredible. And that was like when I was like, oh man, we're getting into the show. Wait, that's good, loving? No, that's. That's Bertha. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought I remembered the part that you were talking about. I was thinking, no, that was in Bertha, and that was when I was like, "Oh man, we're starting to get into the show." Mm. When they started to kick it up, like playing off each other. Yeah, yeah. And like they, they normally don't do that on the first song, but they did it on the first song, and I was like, "They started fast and they started playing off each other almost immediately." So like that, that kind of it's a good omen. Yeah. Sorry, go. There's a part right there during that at the end where Jerry does some like scale runs and like same thing. I don't like he's not usually pulling out those punches in the first the first song. That's yeah, not usually come out swinging. Yeah, they were. It's a start. Any other thoughts on Bertha? It it it's a neutral Bertha for me. I, I'm partial yeah. to Bertha. I named a car after the song. I like it. I know. But we drove um, around. We drove a very long. We drove to the Midwest car. in that car. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, but I don't know. This one doesn't get me in the same way that that the reason that I like Bertha is just it, mm. it, it gets me up. It gets me dancing. It's it's completely nonsensical in the way that it does, but it's fantastic. I mean, the, you know, the whole lyric "test me, test me, why don't you arrest me?" Nobody really knows what it's for. Why is it's just it's a provocative line. It's like test. Yeah, come no, at it me. is, and I, I will agree that it is a little lacking. But this particular one, you know, it's got the the it's the song is still the song, but that whole energy of like it's just a rebel without a cause type song, and it wasn't a rebel without a cause type song. It was a bunch of friends getting up and jamming on stage and throwing it back and forth, and that's fantastic. That's exactly what the Grateful Dead is. It's just they're past that point in their career where they're still kids. Yeah, and that's what it felt like. Yeah, I yeah I agree with that. Where yeah. it's like it is, it's a good Bertha, and there were some nice moments in it where I was like, "There's again, like I said, it's a it's a laid back opening for what's to come." But you still hear some of those elements. There's a lot of good know? stuff to come. Yeah, it's a very good show. Alec, any thoughts? Kind of in the same boat. Um, I think it's like I said, it's an energetic start. Like you know, it definitely it, it is the pace that they keep it at for the for the rest of the show. Um, I didn't pick up on like the specific thing that you were talking about. Um, but like I had said, they there's some moments at the end. I think during kind of that final jam where they're really running down the scales. Jerry's doing some cool stuff. Um, yeah, it's overall just a good version. I, I don't have anything against it. It's just, I'm kind of with Braden. It wasn't like, knock me out of my socks. But Yeah, I mean, honestly, like other than that stuff at the end, for yeah. me, 
it was like it's kind of a whatever Bertha. Yeah. Oh, Bertha though, so that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm All just right. gonna. I'm sorry, real quick. We do gotta. We almost gotta go through the songs we don't care about as much, kind of quicker. Let's hit it. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, we're already at. Sorry. Wait, did we start at seven? Yeah. So we've been 40 minutes into this. Yeah, we're only at yeah. the first song. So let's right, just, so. just, a, just a side note for some viewers out there or, or listeners. Hello. Oh, um, no, Ale- Alex got a, a very interesting opportunity coming up very soon. So we're going to continue on through the podcast so we can get him on out of here by 8 o'clock. But please tune in again next time or next week for more of this because this is fun. Now you can continue, David. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so on to good loving. I thought, see, I thought it was a phenomenal good love. And Me too. It was, a, I loved it. Um, I just got an issue uh, with that but transition. here's what I said. Yeah, the transition was kind of lame, but I yeah. did like how Phil led it. I Phil do like, I do like, like how that went. It sounded like everybody was like, all right, let's end it. And then Phil was like, fuck not, dude. What's <laughs> going on? And that was awesome. I loved that. Um, but I thought it was a great good love. And I, although the Jerry's vocals, honestly, Jerry's vocals, which shockingly enough were some of the worst in this song. Wait, Whereas, like I loved, I loved Bobby's and I loved Donna's, oh, but okay. I thought Jerry's vocals were like. You're talking about like the harmonies. Yeah, when he oh, does the okay. when he does the okay. doctor, you know, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't hit those notes. Yeah, he's like he's like slightly <laughs> flat or something. I don't know, but it's Jerry, yeah. you got yeah. it. I would agree. Oh, and it's right there. You're just below the he's, note. Jerry. He plays great. He he's got a great solo in it and stuff. But like the ooh, singing yeah. there. I like the. I would agree with all that. I think Bobby's really the one who steals the good loving on this. Oh yeah, show. easy. Um, and I will. I will even say like I guess the Bertha into good loving transition is a little hokey. I do like the good loving to Sugary though. I think that transition yeah. is I did a like much that one. cleaner. No, I, that is a much better transition. That I one, I actually agree. like that transition because they have to slow it down and completely change the vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they do it very well. And then Sugary is fantastic. But again, oh. with that transition from Bertha to Good Lovin', I just feel like Jerry got frustrated and just pressed really hard on the neck and played the chord and then they're in the other song. That's, <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. He's just like, all right, rest of the band, my turn to speak now. Yeah, he and was, then he just can, he just took the band in that direction, but it was that I'm held up on that one. Yeah. I'm just gonna say three things about the sugary. Go. Are we good on the good loving? I don't. Mean uh, that I just wanted to add more one one more thing. No sure. thoughts needed after this. Um, there's a part where Jerry's guitar sounds like a fart. Okay, we can go on right. now. Yeah, that that's in the notes. Okay, it's in so, my notes. I wrote that down. So on sugary. I am just going to simply say, I got three things to say about it. Jerry, Jerry, and Jerry. Oh, I couldn't guess that. Oh, okay. that was a real curveball at the end. That should like that sugary. You know, I can't um, disagree with that. Yeah, he's right. Insane. I mean, I don't even know what to honestly say. I mean, there's a bunch to say about the song, but in this version, but I mean, it's like 18 minutes and it feels like I could be wrong, but I think it's like 18 minutes and it, no, it, um, it's like almost 20 minutes. I think. It doesn't feel um, let me, I did minutes. write it down somewhere. So just give me a second. And it feels like it goes by like that. And the thing is that 19 minutes. Yeah. It goes by it's like 19 that. minutes of it's pure joy scary. is what I've been it's going insane. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a great sugary. I mean, people like, if you want to believe the deadheads online, which mm. I mean, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> they like, it is widely considered the best sugary. Really? Yeah. This 20 no, minute sugary? it is. It is considered one of the best, if not the best. It's really good. I can get, it's, I, I it's get with really that, but good. like, I got to listen really to more sugaries before I make that judgment. I would say, I, I think for me, um, is a good, uh, I'm going to say I think Veneta is my favorite, honestly, for Sugary. But this is definitely – actually, no. I would say this is better than the Veneta version. But Veneta is a close second for me. I think this is the Veneta best. Veneta one's good. The Veneta one seems a little more like the poppier. Not like poppier because mm-hmm. it's still it's still 70s dead. But like it's 
it is it is less of like it's it's not a 19 minute version of sugary. No, that's know? just that just yeah. sounds like like euphoria is what that's yeah. just the word the phrase 19 minute sugary is just perfect. <laughs> mm. No, it's a it's a great sugary. Um I would say second jam section, I said feels more together and magical in quotation marks. Um, when they start lighting off, they do. They, yeah, they, they just go something. off in that second jam. Yeah. Um, and then he, when Jerry goes on those like long runs where he's just playing like straight 16th notes. Yep. And it's just it's, like rain. Oh, and it's just, and he just keeps like, he either keeps climbing and climbing and yeah. climbing and climbing. Then he lands on the one note or then falls. And then he like keeps just, falling and falling and falling and falling. And you're like, there's no more, there's nowhere left to go. And then he keeps but then falling. He, he plays yeah. in the middle there too. He'll go from here to here to here to here. And yeah. he'll, he'll continue that descent by going down and then up again and then down further and then up a little less and then down even further. It's crazy. Like yeah. the, the way yeah. this guy plays is, is no, and ridiculous. this was definitely like a, a showcase of his skills and yeah. like his, his phenomenal guitar playing. It's Actually, almost I like he's warming up for the rest of the show. Like it's almost yeah. like he's like, can I just hit everything and get it out in this song so that I'm ready for the second set? Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just nuts. But um, you know what I was I was thinking, oh I forgot now. Well, I got Let's, something else uh, I want to tell you that's pretty awful. I was at a gig the other day and some guy came up to me. I was playing a Grateful Dead song, and he said, "It's a short digression, but y'all are both gonna get heatedly angry in, in a moment." Um, he came up to me. He's like, "Yeah, man, I love the Grateful Dead." He's drunk as a skunk at this point. Um, and he's like, "I love the Grateful Dead, man, but I you know, I couldn't I couldn't really get into it until John Mayer joined. I think he really made the band." And I stopped dead in my tracks and I went, "I disagree." I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but Jerry Garcia is better in The Grateful Dead. And he's like, nah, man, I just didn't like his playing as much. And I'm like, thank you very much. I got to get back to my, I got to go back. <laughs> I just stopped the conversation there because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, no, I, you like, can't I, I mean, me. when we were jamming the first time we all got back for the summer and you were like, you've, Alec, you were like, you've taken a lot of inspiration from Jerry. It's because yeah. Jerry is one of my favorite like soloists of all time. He, oh, yeah. If not my favorite, like I, he's incredible. He tells a story with his, with just yeah. Notes. Oh, the way he like weaves in and out of the melody with his solos is it's just so genius and beautiful and and it's I, all I instinctual it. with him. I feel yeah. like his playing is absolutely technical because he he put the time into that technical mastery. But beyond that, once you get that foundation, once you're up on that pedestal, you don't have to think about it. It's just yeah, intuitive. Yeah, he just does it. And he just intuitively feels and 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 pulls. Yeah, and no, what I, comes out of him is what comes into his head in that moment. And I feel like he's yeah. that type of player. And this song was a great example. I think that. the biggest indicator of Jerry's style is when you look back historically um that that kind of period when the band was starting and they were just the warlocks and it was he was doing you know guitar lessons at the local like guitar shop and all this other stuff when they were still doing like the bluesgrass stuff like that's the period that really cemented his style and the way he plays is that is it's all banjo he, I, he was, I was thinking well, about that. It's all banjo. Is that his style is well, very, like a banjo style. Well, because he was obsessed. Well, with no, no, it's not. It's guitar mixed with banjo. It's yeah. like he's taken a lot of what he's learned with banjo. Yes. And he's just kind of applied it to guitar because they are, yeah. I mean, different tunings and, you know, yeah. it's different number of strings. It's but not like, like going from piano to guitar. It's going from no, a string it's, instrument it's to a string It's a little easier instrument. and it's a little yeah. more like, oh, I, I get this. And the thing, the thing that gets me about it, and I've been trying to figure this out pretty much the entire time I've been listening to The Grateful Dead, and I only recently came to this conclusion after, you know, figuring out that he was a, a banjo player. But the um, the proficiency in in his, his rhythmic improvisations with his right hand is unparalleled. Oh, yeah. I could never quite figure out where the root of that lay, but it's in, it's in that banjo and that bluegrass playing. Yeah. He can just, he moves his right hand no, like a left hand, way, and it's yeah. like, how do you do that? Yeah. That's the way he does it. Yeah, certainly. But all right, uh, I we gotta move on. Yep. It's like we got we got ten minutes. Oh wait, oh <laughs> my god, wait, we you got ten we'll, minutes. We'll, we'll, say, we'll say fifteen, but let's just like really see. Okay, eight fifteen. You don't hear joke? It's two seconds. How did Jerry lose his finger? Wow. It was an no. accident. 
Uh, my dad spent this whole time sending top. me terrible Jake nice. Grateful Dead jokes. Wow, that Other was, one is, right. why is Donna a bad Brayden, roommate? We gotta she always on. comes in late and can't find the key. <laughs> all right, that is... Okay, keep going. <laughs> all right, I'm going to introduce... That one is actually really funny. <laughs> I'm going to introduce this Jack Straw real quick. Because yes, you go, go for it. I just got to say this. Um, Jack Straw it, was... Make it so hard to be a host. <laughs> Jack Straw is the other... <laughs> The other one on here um, that I really loved, I actually really liked this version of Jack Straw. And Jack Straw on this one was almost like what you guys said earlier with Candyman. It made me stop and go, wow, like I've heard this song a million times. So I was kind of like, okay, like I love Jack Straw, but whatever. But this version really stood out to me. There's some stuff that Donna's doing at the end where she's getting those harmonies. There, it, You know, it's, Bobby's part and then Jerry's part and the kind of back and forth that they do. Um, but Donna at the end, when she comes in and they meet the three of them, like, wow, like that, though, those are some of my favorite harmonies and the kind of final course areas of the song. Um, and I also really like with this version and with other versions from this year, there's, they, they introduce Jack Straw and they do it with a lot of other songs on this album, but, the way they start songs is not the way that they normally do. They kind of, they they kind of like, they either slow down or speed up or like add in other stuff. And like the Jack Straw does the same thing. It doesn't start exactly the same. You know, it's a little little bit different. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Um, I mean, to an extent, I <laughs> I think the Jack Straw is good. It's not my. F- favorite i don't think um but i think it's a good jazz straw um and i agree with the harmonies and the singing is great um but i also have written down here um everyone's vocals are tight except when jerry forgets the lyrics um because he does forget the lyrics at one point and then i'm like ah jerry (laughs) jerry (laughs) no i I, but um but i mean like other than that the like actual singing was great um and I, I thought Bobby's vocals again. Bobby was a great part of the show for me. He was one of my favorite parts of the show, if not my favorite. Yeah. And um, his vocals and his playing were great on this song. And his vocals were also really good. Um, it was just super warm and in tune, which like I don't know. Sometimes it can be a little harsher and a little out of tune. So like, yeah. it was great to have. Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So anyone... I, I like this one because it had that that sense of you know how I was talking about what was lacking in Bertha. Yeah, I feel like they made up for it a little bit in in this one. Um, just because like when they're like Jack Straw from okay. Wichita shot his buddy down, and I know that's the wrong key and the wrong harmony, but still, um, like nobody's gonna be able to tell you. <laughs> uh, but it, it when they sang that when when they get to that line, it's just like from the depths of themselves they bellow out these yeah. last couple lines there, and and so is everybody in the crowd i mean there is such a a a coming together moment between everybody in attendance at that point of the song that it just pulls me out of whatever i'm doing like you like you said it just kind of stops you in your tracks Mm. i was driving down the road one day turn this song up and when they get to that last chorus i just stand up and pay attention because it makes you it brings you right to to attention because it's so it pulls at you. I don't. I've been using these words a lot, but the Grateful Dead specializes in that art at pulling at your heartstrings yeah. and making you dance and feel or feel whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So so Jack Straw did that a lot. All right. Um. So let's move on to the Road Jimmy. Uh, any major thoughts on this one? I didn't have a ton of huge thoughts on this one. I kind of um, do. Like some. some I was. Short ones. I did say everyone has their moments on this one, and like. Uh, Bobby has these 16th notes that he does. Mm. It's like, do, 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 do. It's like, it's so cool. And it's almost like reggae, which I read something online about him getting more into reggae mm. at this time, which is where the song um, Estimated Profit was kind of heavily inspired from, which it made more sense to me when I listened back to this song. Um, but it's a good song. Great, great rendition of it. I think the big, my big takeaway on this row, Jimmy, is uh, Jerry with the slide. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jerry with the slide, yeah, and then I, I thought Jerry in the choruses, you know, sometimes he would kind of flounder a little bit, but sometimes when he actually hit those notes, Jerry's yeah. voice is like a lightning, like a lightning bolt. It's crackly and and sometimes doesn't go exactly where it needs to go, mm. but when it goes to where it needs to go, it is beautiful, magnificent, and fantastic to behold. Yeah. But but there is that likelihood that sometimes it can just completely go off the left field. Yeah. Yeah, but this time, you know, uh, on the occasions where he really hit those like rope, and he's just, it sounded great. Um, Beyond that, the slide as well, fantastic. That's all the thoughts I got on this though. I loved Rope Jimmy. All right, so New Manglewood, so good. (laughs) Um, great New Manglewood. I thought uh, personally, I was like Bill and Mickey kept such a good groove while also keeping it like just chugging along and like. Like we're not slowing down. Like we're not like you guys. Like it seemed like everybody else was kind of like, can we slow down a little bit? <laughs> and everybody was like, no. <laughs> like Bill and Mickey were like, fuck no, we're not doing that shit. You're not slowing down today. Yeah. I it was so good. Um they were like, Jerry, get the and, fucking bang banjo because we're going today. Yeah, Jerry, get your banjo. I want that exactly. to be a series. So I, I thought it was a great new Manglewood. Might be I, I don't I don't know. The Cornell one's really good. The Cornell one's um, good. This one's also really good. It's up there. It's definitely up there for me in terms this of like. This one is up there next to that one off of Dead Set for me. I was going to say the Dead Set one was. That's what I was thinking of in comparison to this. But this one reminds me, or the Dead Set one at least. One. Yeah, you did. We you played it. it. We played it. Uh, did I? the first episode. Yeah, he played it in the Oh. Band. Yeah. Don't remember that. <laughs> The Dead Set version reminds me, it's stylistically and the way that the tones and just like the way the band sounds like they fill their space, it's almost exactly the same. Like Bobby's doing- Which is impressive, because Dead Set was impressive. Bobby's doing great slide stuff on both with a little bit more of a a sharper and and more trebly attack on his tone and his playing. And Jerry's just got this like amazing like just like beautiful, like, I don't know, like very deep um, toned that he's using. And on this one, I really did hear a lot of Jerry's really pulling out some of the bluegrass stuff. Um, just some crazy bluesy yeah. riffs. But, yeah. No, that was a good one. That's all I had. Um, I like Bobby's vocals, I guess. Right. Yeah. Any more thoughts, Braden? On New Mango one? Yeah, just quick, quick thought. Because we gotta move on. I to just loved it. I I don't have that much on it except for like it 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 was one of those on this album that made me feel like I wanted to get up and dance. It was just good. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. agree. All right, uh, Candyman. Uh, again, I, like I just Candyman. said not Another. a huge Candyman fan. Usually the one I skip. However, this one the more I listened to it, the more I was like, this is ooh. For the really first time in my life, I found myself selecting Candyman out of the album. Yeah, I was like, this is a Instead great of just song. passing it. Um, and also, Bobby was fantastic. Bobby and Donna were fantastic on the song, both singing-wise, but also, like, um, Bobby playing-wise. Um, he's got a... Bobby did this really cool flanger effect on the song, and he also did a bunch of arpeggiation, which was so cool. Um... And I don't know, he just, he stood out to me more than usual. And maybe that was partially the mixing, but I don't know. I wrote down that Bobby was actually my favorite on this one too. I think there there's some stuff he's doing with the chords, but there there's just these lines he has in this that like, like to your point, we were talking about last time, like with Wolf Bros, sometimes they're a little janky. But he had some lines on this thing that were just like the way oh, they it was fit like in. it was almost like Jerry esque. Yes. Yes. And exactly. It, oh, there it were. Like, there really was. Yeah. When they were playing like I wasn't. I I saw that thing on Amazon. Everybody's seen that thing. A thing on Amazon. Um. But at one point, Bobby was like, "Yo, I would be done practicing," and Jerry would be like, "Go practice some more." Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I figure there's, there's got to be some rub off, especially when they're in the heat of their hottest years. Yeah. And there's got to be some rub off effect. Plus, no, just a definitely. side note, I think Bobby's tone this whole show was fantastic. Like in yeah. Dead and Co, he's very sharp and trebly, and in Wolf Bros, it's almost no, scratchy. But, but in it this, is. it was perfectly complimentary, and I loved it. It was no, it it, it complimented Jerry's. It was very so similar. Well. It was more similar to Jerry's than it is in like Dead and Co or 
or, or even the later those. years or even the later years with the dead yeah um, like in that 91 but, album we did last week i could yeah. hear that sharper influence that he uses now coming through but for like this show it just it it blended so well it was like it was like this yeah. perfect stew of the best things in the world yeah. all right uh we ready to move on to uh passenger oh i'm very good Passenger is not. I'm ready. I'm ready to move on to Passenger, no. but I'm not a Passenger fan. No, I just don't like the song. What? It's just oh, the song. This is only me. <laughs> I See, was like, I'm gonna say this. I'm with Brady. Okay, so Passenger first off, I I don't I don't know if you know Phil composed this song. Did he? This was Phil's song. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know your opinions on Phil. So I, was, uh, <laughs> I like Phil. Phil's great. But okay, Braden. <laughs> like, hey guys, I wrote a song. Oh, cool, Phil. We'll put it up on the yeah. fridge. Oh, it was. I mean, it's only like a three minute. It's like three minutes, like or whatever. It's a. Sh- it's the shortest song I think on the album. Well, because I think um, they just did it straight as it was stock, and then didn't yeah. improvise on top. They just let it go. I I liked this song. Jerry had a cool slide guitar and he had a dope fuzz tone. And I, I really liked this song a lot. Do you actually like this song? I genuinely did. I don't know about other versions. I had never heard the song until okay. this album. So I don't know about other versions, but this version I really enjoyed. This is the uh, best version of the song that I've heard, but I'm not a fan of the song just because of the, it's a little Donna heavy. Um, and it's just, it's, I don't know. The yeah, melody kind of confounds me sometimes. Okay. I guess Sorry. I could see that, but you're, you're I agree. Up. I really just had Bobby and Donna do some good melodies on this one. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm just not big on Passenger. This is kind of a straight, straight through version of it. I actually think this might be one of the only versions of it. Funny enough, I don't think really. Yeah, they I mean, I've never, I've never heard it before, other than I, this album. That's why I'm thinking it was probably. Uh, well, Passenger was on that Terrapin Station album, right? Yeah. It's, okay, so that's probably why they played it. Okay, so that's almost certainly why they played but it. But they then. played it as a band would play touring a brand new album and playing the song on the album that they're obligated to play. They yeah. played it yeah. like it was but on the it album was, and then put it away. I don't know. Okay, as I hate to I, say I, this, I like because you like the, the more song. rock stuff. So I'm like, this is. It's a. I don't know. I really like to like the what you tone like. And the, I know. I'm and I'm not gonna like what you told me about. <laughs> Not but, depressed, but we gotta go. Yes, we One do. Uh, all right, on to Brown Eyed Woman. On to Brown Eyed Woman. I loved this song just really quick. I, I've i already kind of gone on about it. I really enjoyed this song. Bobby was incredible on this song. Yes. Um, I said he had more lead lines than Jerry almost mm. during during the like not obviously during the solo but like during the like during the actual singing which i mean I, jerry's singing so he's not going to be playing guitar as much um but jerry had a great solo he shredded on that solo um i said it's one of the more emotional solos on the album it's up there as one of the more emotionals mm. and i mean it's just one of the more emotional songs i guess too but um, I think to the point of your bump, 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 Jerry and Bill start this thing and just kick it right in the beginning. There's there. And I don't know if it's the exact same part, but the two of them really just like, they're like, we're doing this one. Um, yeah. And I actually have to disagree with you, Dave. Bobby is wonderful on this brown eyed women. I do agree with you on that, but there's a part during the first solo at one fifty in the song where Bobby steals the solo from Jerry, in my opinion. There is this part where Jerry is soloing and the stuff that he's doing underneath, like, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I just, like, my whole way of listening to the solo switched. I was like, forget Jerry. And I went to Bobby. Um, And I've never really had that happen a bunch, but it happens. He's also doing, he's doing that weird, like, there's that part in it where he's like, He's doing something. Um, I don't. He's the way he's chording and playing is like very weird underneath. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think he did more art of the arpeggiation, but he did yeah. a lot of. He did a ton of like playing the melody, oh, yeah. like over his chords or in between his chords, which yeah. was really cool, or pl- or playing a harmony, but like a harmony lead line, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. In between his chords. What do you think, Braden? I liked it. 
a lot. Um, hold on, I'm just playing it in my head real quick to get some. What is in this cup? Water. Yeah. Um. Thoughts? No. <laughs> I tried to cover it. Okay, hold on, cut back in. Ready? All right, Promised Land, Samson, and Delilah. Oh. All right. Well, well no, so, no, no, no. Well, my, my, my thoughts on Promised Land is that it's fantastic, and oh, wow. Promised Land set too. Promised Land is at the end of the set. Brown Eyed Woman was fantastic, yeah. and the solo was very, very soulful. Uh, yeah. Like, there are some crying notes in there. Um, you know those yep. bands that particularly grab at your soul. Yep. Yeah, there's a bunch of those in there. I like yeah, that. I like so that many. a lot. So, and, and Jerry. I mean, there's a lot of people who can make a guitar cry, but when you can make it actually evoke human emotion, like that's Jerry makes it sing. Well, yeah, in several different ways. It's crazy. Anyway, I'm sorry. You continue. No, that's that's all good stuff. Um, All right. Last song of the first set, Promised Land. Um, And I would just say quickly my thoughts on this. Um, Not a huge Promised Land fan to begin with. Um, but Jerry's playing mix with Bobby's is so nice. And it's a really nice combo, especially on the song. I thought it fe- it was featured really, really well. Um, Keith also has some great moments. We haven't really talked about him much, but yeah. I thought he did a good job I think he did on this well song. Too. Um, I think why we haven't, I would Keith. say, I would say it is, sorry. I don't mean, I just wanted to, this. Okay. I would say <laughs> um, it is a, a little bit of a weaker song on the album for me, yeah. um, but that that's just my opinion. I think Braden, or Alec? is uh, a little bit the lackluster member in this show, to be honest. It's not his best yeah. show, and I definitely found more moments on this thing where I was actually almost like, where is he a little bit? Yeah, he fell well, into the background. Well, they, I think I part of it is that I think part of the reason also we didn't notice Donna as much was because I think they had just both recently, this was shortly, at, I think, yeah. after Pigpen had died. This well, like, no, it wasn't that long. Really? Pigpen died early 70s. They early 70s. 70s. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been a little while. Oh, uh, okay. Because I remember reading something that they had just recently come on to the band. Well, they the band did their hiatus for a year before this. Yeah. Oh, uh, Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I so was it might, it might have just been like he was less. Yeah, he I was a little more shy. Was, you know? a little yeah. bit shy in the show. Um, I I was just gonna say I I, I kind of same thing. It was a nice first set closer. Bobby's vocals were really good. Um, drums. I the, my big thing with the Promised Land. I didn't really care again. I, like it's just a, it is a little bit of a song I lose in the mix on on this one. Um, I my only real thing I noticed is that it seemed like the drum, and I don't know if it was in the mix or if it was just in the playing. I think it was more in the playing. I don't think it was mixed, but there were moments on this where the drums actually I felt like, and it was the only moment on the whole album where I felt this for anybody. But the drums did overpower everybody a little bit. Um, more in the beginning and they yeah more in the beginning of the song and then they kind of chilled out a little bit but like there is a part in the beginning where i really noticed the drums like almost too much a little bit okay overall love the drums on the show but that one yeah oh yeah that was just the one part all right i i I am partial to a promised land uh just just because like i like the song um and i i like the way they do it even though sometimes bobby like warbles a little bit and sometimes donna screams and sometimes yeah. jerry just goes ah! <laughs> just in the background but man when they come together even if the vocals don't line up they like this song and they obviously like this song because they play a lot yeah. like they, they there are some songs that they'll play and you'll catch them on a whim and it's fantastic but like this one they play consistently at a lot of the shows where they light the place on fire so this is one of their we want to throw it out. And, it, and it is mess more it up like get up and yeah, and dance, I, but slash, it's not, it's like not jump their up and down or whatever, you know. I, and I, I feel like since it's not their song, since it's a cover of a Chuck Berry tune, yeah, they take more liberty, liberty, and they take less precaution. So they can they can be a little sloppier. They can take more risks. They can be more bombastic and and less 
constrained by having to make sure that you're relatively correct, which is why some of these things, and especially A Promise Land on several different albums, can seem a little out of left field or a little screamy or a little weird. But just the energy that comes along with it and the story that it tells, I find endearing and enticing. So I like Promise Land, uh, and I think this one was pretty good, and I really like Bobby on it. He was killing it this time around. Yeah. Because his vocals weren't bad. His vocals were pretty on, on point this time. No, they're really yeah, good. No, his vocals were definitely good. I would say on the first, uh, the whole first set. Whole first, and first set, he was album, well, yeah. It's or, better than for the, the whole album. It was, it was good. Land, I'll say that for sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. And we are about, we are over an hour actually right now. So I, um, yeah, I, so... <laughs> We are gonna. We also we talked about this earlier, but we're um we could talk about this album for two, three hours. So we're gonna do a part two and cover the second set in our part two, which will uh, will hopefully record next week. Yes. Um. Just a couple upcoming things for everybody. Um. We are going to be tentatively doing a special for Fourth of July. So put that on your calendars. And uh, in the future, I think we're going to be doing like another dead thing with that. But I think we're going to be moving on to some other music after. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Hopefully some like fish or maybe pigeons Pigeons. or. Yeah. Oh, I I can't wait to do pigeons. I can't wait to introduce you guys to pigeons. Probably do lettuce. I just got in. Oh, I've heard of lettuce. Yeah, dude. I saw lettuce. So good. This is good. This is a good jam band. Um, All right. So uh, with that. This has been Van Jammin, episode two. Not uh, First set, part one. Get ready for part two. Um, and uh, yeah, just thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we'll have a video version and audio only version still working. I don't know. By the time this is up, maybe we'll have the audio only version up. Um, but the the podcast thing that I'm using, it's it's all weird and it's it's taking a bit to get it uploaded to the podcast sites but it should be uploaded soon to everywhere you get your podcasts so spotify google podcasts apple 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 podcasts whatever um so yeah and with that uh i bid you all adieu good night thank you everyone thank you so long farewell